Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. Uh, I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Beatrice Murad. Hello! Uh, today, Beatriz and I are talking about the 2017-2018 uh, uh, Oscar Best uh, Picture nominees. Uh, now, this is not uh, an animation topic, which is what we normally cover here at the Overly Animated Podcast. Find us at OverlyAnimated.com for our normal content. But uh, this year, we're going to be trying a few non-animation off-topic discussions, um, somewhat tangentially related, probably me- uh, types of media, <laughs> different uh, types <laughs> other than animation. But uh, today it is the, uh, the Oscar nominations came out on Tuesday. Uh, Beatrice and I have seen all nine Best Picture uh, nominees, and we'll be walking you through each one. Um, if you look in the podcast description, I'll have timestamps for when each of our discussions starts. To, uh, to start out, we're going to talk about the category as a whole. We're going to talk about uh, snubs, what we thought was good nominations, and then we'll get into each movie, briefly giving our thoughts on them. We'll also, we can also in the beginning talk about uh, who will win this category. Um, if you know nothing about any of these movies, this could be a good introductory podcast because Beatrice and I will not be getting into specific spoilers, uh, for the movie, Beatrice. Um, but, uh, we, and we'll especially not be getting into any spoilers in the first section. Before we get into the specific movies, we'll have a zero spoiler section. And then once we get into the individual movies, we'll have a, uh, only vague spoilers. Like, I like the end of the movie. Some people don't want to hear that. Um, so... Uh, I'll, I'll let you know when each of those dis- uh, starts, but uh, if, if you haven't seen any of them, this could be good. Also, if you've seen all of them, then you'll have opinions on all of them. See which ones you uh, agree with and disagree with on us. So, uh, yeah, Oscar Best Picture nominees. Um, like I said, OverlyAnimated.com for all of our normal stuff. Uh, but, yeah, the the Oscar nominees this year, Beatrice, were Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, so you, you have seen all of the, all of these, I've seen all of these. What do you think of this group of movies? Uh, do you think this is a, uh, a strong grouping of best picture nominees and, uh, is, was it a strong, was 2017 a strong year in film? Uh, yes. I think outside of the films produced this year, it's not this year, pa- this past year, it was a rough year. But the one silver lining is that we had a really good bunch of movies come out. And it was just absolutely a great year for film. And this is a category that is, it has so many different types of movies. And so many just distinct stories and styles that just really shows the strengths of this, of this, of this past year. And just... It's a very strong group, I think. Um, and there, I still don't know if there's a clear winner. I don't know if there's a, there isn't one particular film or two films that are racing for the Oscar trophy. Like it, it's still, I could still see. Yeah, some well, of we'll, these films. We'll, we'll take talk it, about so. what could win, uh, but uh, th- I feel like that's a completely separate thing. Is what uh, is this uh, six thousand person academy going to actually do versus like uh, what 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 do we actually think of the movies? That uh, completely separate here, and uh, yeah. yeah. So you think it's a strong year? Um, I agree, and I, I caution against. Uh, uh, people who say that the Oscars are like uh, valueless and do the same thing every time. To a certain extent, all award shows are have no value, right? Like we, they're just they're just there. I think personally, I think the Oscars are the best award show in that they actually do generally award the best in film of the year. 
Um, and, uh, so like there's more reason to trust it, but also these movies are much different than what the Oscars were doing 10 years ago. The fact yeah. that get out is a best picture nominee is like stunning. And it was kind of, it's kind of accepted because we've known it's going to have been happening for a long time. It's had a lot of support, but uh get out is a horror movie that comments on race. Like this is not something that the Academy would typically nominate. And it's just really great that it is nominated. There's also half of these movies at least have female leads. Yeah, um, that's that's a big thing that stood out to me from 2017 is all of the a lot of the top contenders are female led films, despite the despite the uh, Oscars trending progressively. I think that this is something that's lagged behind in previous years. But this year, um, a lot, if not most of these movies have female leads and the ones that could win generally do have have female leads too. like the Oscar Best Picture winner probably will have a main character that's female this year. And uh yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's strong. Uh, maybe compared to last year, um, I think that there's I, I don't know. Maybe the top is I don't know if there's as there's standouts last year like La La Land and uh, and uh, Mo- Moonlight Moonlight War. Like I feel like maybe I'd take those overall those two movies over all of these, but uh, there's just a lot of quality movies in these nine. Yeah, I will say that La La Land, Moonlight, and Arrival for me are superior to all these movies. But even then, like these are fantastic movies and there's a variety in them, which is just so refreshing to see. It's up because you know that there's usually that that term Oscar bait, where if a movie checks certain boxes, it's going to be nominated for best picture. A lot of people like to make that argument. Well, this is an example of that not being the case. There's a wide variety and it just shows how great of a year it was for film. Yeah, I agree on I agree on Arrival. That was my favorite movie last year. But a lot of people yeah, disagree. Same. A lot of people disagree and think that's like a delegitimate <laughs> opinion. So I don't want to get into that. Um, there's there's all, only two of these nine movies could remotely be considered Oscar bait, in my opinion. Yeah, um, The Post and yep. uh, Darkest Hour. And yeah. uh, I don't think The Post is meant to be Oscar bait. It was uh, specifically pushed through in production very fast because it's trying to comment on Trump. Um, yeah. like it's not made to be Oscar bait. It's made, to, it's made to comment. To, to, yeah, to comment on the current political situation. Um, I also don't think darkest hour is meant to be Oscar bait, but a uh, darkest hour is the type of movie that gets nominated for best picture. Like 10 years ago would be five darkest hours. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, okay. Um, but yeah, Oscar bait's not really as much of a thing as we think. So, um, we've all, we, we've see, also seen a lot of movies beyond these, especially you've probably seen a lot more movies than me in 2017. Um, <laughs> what, uh, stands out to you as notable snubs, uh, from this category? What, what should have been here that's not? The Florida Project. The Florida Project needed to be on this list. That is my favorite film of the year. It, it's, it's everything that you want in a great film. And it, it had buzz, but the, for instance, The Darkest Hour doesn't stand a chance against Florida Project. But for some reason, it didn't make the cut. And I think out of all the films, that is, Darkest Hour is the one that I just really don't understand why it was nominated because it wasn't getting the best picture nom like buzz. Um, and the Florida project was, and that was a really big missed opportunity. Uh, I know that wonder woman wasn't ever really going to be nominated, but it would have been really nice given how it took so long for that film to get made. Not just because like the 75 years in the making, it's more just also, it's been Joss Whedon tried to make a wonder woman movie. Patty Jenkins, like it was 10 years since her last film. Like it was, 
that would have been a really great best picture nom just because from the producing standpoint it does it was such a journey and it's such a crucial cultural film that i could have seen it be nominated for best picture and didn't get it um there are i mean what's I'm trying to think because I have. I let, me, let me let me give you some movies. Other than, yeah, um, I agree yeah. on Florida Project. We'll talk about it more in a second. Um, Mudbound is one yes, that really Mudbound. stands out to me. I did yes. finally see Mudbound, and that is Okja. Uh, uh, okay, Okja. I haven't seen Okja. Um, really great. Yeah, that, I don't think that got any nominations. No, it didn't get any. But it was. I I personally prefer Okja to Mudbound. I think Okja is like the best Netflix film to come out this year. Okay. I mean, this past year, but. Mudbound definitely deserved yeah, some let's love. Let's talk about Mudbound for a second because Mudbound is a type of movie that gets nominated for an Oscar, and uh, it's really depressing that it didn't. Most it seems like it missed because people in the movie industry hate Netflix, um, and they just yeah. think that Netflix doesn't release movies in theaters. So that sucks that this movie, which is uh, you know directed by a gay black woman, like uh, is it doesn't get in, which has like a largely female crew. Um, uh, the first uh, female cinematographer nominated did get nominated for this movie, but um, Mudbound's really good. The ending of the movie just walloped me, and yeah. uh, I, I, I think that like that's that's kind of inexplicable. Mudbound not getting nominated because it's not like it's not that it's like the Florida Project. Um, you get that this wouldn't resonate with a large six thousand. It's a very specific movie that it wouldn't yeah, resonate yeah. with a large group of people. How did Mudbound's like a historical drama? Like this is this this is exactly what should get in, and uh, this is just stupid Academy politics. So I, yeah, I and that. not just that, but I feel also that because last year Manchester by Sea won a couple of awards, and that was an Amazon film, and Amazon again is another big streamer. I think the difference is is that Netflix just has not figured out how to do Oscar politics, whereas Amazon did. It just doesn't know how to do a proper Oscar campaign. It keeps failing, and it they just. In order for yeah. uh, in order for it to get nominated, there is a campaign that must be done, and I think Netflix just hasn't really cracked that formula yet. And I mean, it's it's so sad because a lot of these, a lot of the films that were nominated for Oscars that kind of deal with similar issues weren't directed by a black person or a black woman. And the reason why it, Mudbound is so powerful is because it does bring this perspective and there's this voice to it and the th certain things that it does in the film that I guess that for some reason no one else has done before. And it, this film just unapologetically does so. And I think that's purely because this is directed by someone who is impacted by racism and the weights of the past. And it's just really upsetting that it wasn't nominated. It truly did deserve it. And I mean, it's just, I, it's, it just sucks. It really sucks. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think Amazon releases in theaters and Netflix doesn't. I think that's mm -hmm. the, the Academy bias, but also Netflix is probably not good at campaigning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, compare how Mudbound comments on race versus how Bill, Three Billboards does. And uh, yeah, it's kind of depressing. <laughs> depressing the state of the state of affairs. Um, uh, Star Wars Last Jedi. That's a movie we both really love. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's not like this was ever going to get nominated, but I do have it in my top ten films of the year. Uh, I Same. think it was genuinely really brilliant. I think it's the best Star Wars movie. We could get into that more, maybe in a separate podcast. <laughs> but uh, I, I really love Baby Driver. Um, yeah, that one. It got it got best editing. I think. Yeah, it got editing and sound. Yeah, so it yeah. got some stuff. Um, uh, Coco, I, Coco, give me Coco over Darkest Hour. That like any day. Yeah. So that. 
Yeah, that that would have been great. And uh, one that's actually a snub is uh, the Big Sick. That this movie did, uh, yes, did did just miss. And I really love the Big Sick. Yeah, I mean, and also it it kind of just once again is another reminder of of just comedy, for instance, not being taken as seriously. For I don't think Tiffany Haddish was nominated for Best no. Supporting, and her performance was like everyone thought like she she needs to get nominated. She was incredible in it, and she wasn't so. It's one again one of those things where the Academy is still very much obsessed with drama, and I think ever since what was the last animated film to get nominated for Best Picture? Yeah. Because after to- that, Toy, was, Toy Story three and Toy up, Story, yeah. yeah, they were just like, no, we can't have them in our Best Picture. Something went down, and it's not okay. Like I, I Coco absolutely would have fit the best picture nominee i I, th- I think a pixar movie still could get in i think you you watch incredibles 2 next year it's possible but um coco deserves that type of buzz and it, it wasn't getting it yeah. yeah i don't know um but yeah florida project uh ba- circling back to that florida project is my number one movie of of 2017 um yeah. is it yours as well yep it's mine and well. uh it was the number one critics movie of 2017 uh but uh, you know, this is the type of movie that's like a critic darling and is not necessarily going to resonate with the Academy. I'm sure it just missed. Uh, it, it's not like, um, it's, it's not like Darkest Hour took its spot because that's not really how it works. There could have been 10 and there weren't. So yeah. it, it just didn't hit a threshold. Uh, you need a 5% first place vote threshold. It's, it's an interesting system. Um, and Florida Project's the type of movie that you'd expect to, uh, to have passionate support like us having it as their number one, I would have put it number one on my ballot. I don't know why it didn't really get there, but uh, you need to see The Florida Project. It is the movie that stuck with me for the longest time after watching it this year. Um, it is the most impactful. Uh, it is the It has the most to say about the world in the most interesting way. Uh, it, it is like shot the most interesting way, told in the most interesting perspective. Uh, I, I just, I think it's, it's genuinely really incredible. Like if, if Florida project was included, then I could genuinely say this Oscar, uh, best picture nominee slate was, uh, is really representative of the best movies of the year. Like it would be, it, I really like Mudbound to be nominated too, but like if Florida project's there, we can feel fine about it. We can move on. Uh, but it's almost like all invalid because the best movie of the year is not yeah. even there. Yeah. That, that, that's really like, that's what really hurts is the fact that here is the definitive like i mean definitive is a strong word but seriously this is the definitive best movie of the year and nowhere to be seen i think the only thing it was nominated for was best supporting actor i think which is ludicrous you know it's it's yes and the thing and william defoe i really hope wins it because he's the only one representing this incredible film and i i remember when i was younger i would do this too where i where you have people go, oh, what were the best movies of a random year? I'm going to check out the ones who won. And then they don't check out any other film. And let if they do check out the nominees, maybe. The fact that the best film of the year isn't even nominated is just so ludicrous. And it just, it really hurts to see that list and not have that there. Uh, yeah, De- depressing that it's not going to get more exposure now. Um. Yeah, Defoe's great in it. He might not even win that category. Uh, yeah, that sucks. Uh, really, one of my biggest, uh, just as much as the film itself. Uh, Sean Baker not getting a director nomination yeah. to me. He's by far the best director of the year for me. This is uh, such an intricately directed movie, and uh, uh, that that was like a requirement. Um, I'm fine with the, what how the director category had ended up, but um, yeah, that, that that's bad. Uh, seriously, see Florida Project. It it, co- it comments on poverty and economic inequality like potentially no other piece of media in the history of the world has. 
Yeah. Like that that's that big of praise for it for me. Okay. Um, so I, I was looking forward to potentially talking about it as one of these nine <laughs> movies, but no. Okay. But first we got to talk about, uh, who's going to win this category. Now, like I said before, who's going to win an Oscar is completely de- separate from what is actually the best. Uh, if you see an Oscar prognosticator saying these are the movies that could win, they're not saying they endorse those movies. Like it's just it's trying to predict <laughs> the habits of people, but I kind of follow this and, um, it, it there's no the the first thing is there's no clear uh, runaway winner this year, which is exciting. Um, this category could go to one of a few films. It seems like the two most likely are uh, three billboards uh, outside Ebbing, Ebbing, Missouri, and Shape of Water. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sha- I maybe Get Out or Lady Bird. I uh, like yes. Dark and then, Horses. And then Get Out and Lady Bird also do have a genuine chance. It, you'll the thing you'll see the most is that uh, Shape of Water, Three Billboards are the two front runners. Um, three Billboards because it's won a lot of the precursor prizes. Uh, Shape of Water because it got the most nominations and won the Producers Guild, which is the most important precursor. Um, the the reality is this uh, preferential ballot is very unpredictable. Last year, Moonlight won, and no one expected that. In the most unexpected way, it won. <laughs> right? Yeah, but uh, like the way it won, uh, like takes away from the fact that it did win. And yeah. uh, basically, what the the preferential ballot system rewards is. Uh, uh, 100% consensus on a movie being good versus uh, like pocket appeals. Like the, last year we saw backlash against La La Land and uh, that probably resulted in a lot of people ranking it last on their ballots, which is enough to give it to Moonlight. So this year the backlash movie is three billboards. Um, mm-hmm. But now it's maybe not perceived as the front runner because Shape of Water got the most nominations. So will the backlash be be big enough to like to like have it be enough people ranking it lower? Um, so basically, it's just rewards consensus movies. That's why Lady Bird and Get Out could, and Get Out could also win because everyone agrees that they're great. Um, personally, I think Lady Bird ju- has just as much of a chance as Three Billboards. Like I think Shape of Water is probably most likely to win. And then you got uh, three bo- three billboards and Lady Bird and Get Out also could win. Although I'm skeptical that all those white people will uh, <laughs> will have that movie. Um, but the, you know, Moonlight, they like it's possible. <laughs> like, Maybe I mean, after Moonlight, who knows? But yeah, I look. I'm when it comes to these type of things, I'm gonna I side more on the cynical. So I think they are gonna give it a three billboards. I I hope not, but I really do think that's the one that's gonna take it. But after but Shape of Water is also – I can also see that happening. I wouldn't mind Shape of Water winning it. I would prefer Shape of Water winning it over three billboards. But maybe – I mean, may I? perhaps maybe the backlash is what would keep three billboards from yes. it. But I don't think – I don't know if, that, if, there, if there's going to be enough time versus does it have a big enough backlash? Because sometimes a backlash on, say, for instance, Twitter – it, Twitter likes to think it resonates with everybody, but maybe it won't, you know? Maybe it's yeah. just something well, that's unique to Twitter. Yeah, well, we'll talk about the backlash more uh, when we get to that movie. It is it, it, One thing about time, uh, we have a lot of time this year because the Winter Olympics pushed the Oscars back two weeks, so there's uh, over a month left to vote. Um, there's an eternity for uh, for them to vote on this, and uh, I, I do think it'll... I, I would say bet against three billboards. That's my advice. Um, I really think Shape of Water, Lady Bird is going to win. I, I'm out of those four movies. Also, Dunkirk is like a very slim outside. Yeah. Job. Um, out of those four movies, I'm personally rooting for Lady Bird the most uh, out of those. Um, I also would love a Get Out win, and would also be happy with a Shape of Water win. Basically, basically, I'm rooting against three billboards. Yeah, basically, yeah. I would be. I'm rooting for the Shape of Water. 
or no, sorry, I'm rooting for Get Out, but I know that, but if I were just based on which one I want, because Get Out for me is the second best film of the year. So I want Get Out to win. The one I think is going to win, maybe Shape of Water, hopefully. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it probably is the best chance, but I, I do think, I do think Lady Bird really could win. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see what happens. There's a lot to evolve between now when we're recording this pretty close to nominations and uh, when the balloting closes. Um, so, okay, there, there you go. Uh, but uh, ignore now. Ignoring who's going to win, we're going to go through each movie, talk about, uh, give a brief introduction, and talk about our opinions of each of these movies. Um, we're going to go in alphabetical order. And one movie we haven't talked about at all yet because it's not going to win this category <laughs> is uh, "Call Me by Your Name," but it did get a nomination. So kudos to the Academy for that. Uh, Wouldn't it have been amazing if it did though? And then you had Moonlight, then Call Me by Your Name, like just make it a thing where only the gay movies win. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll see. You'll see some. Uh, get ready for the insider takes on Call Me by Your Name. We we did we did that movie last year. Now we're gonna do something <laughs> like oh my god. Those, yeah, you get ready for a lot of that. But uh, yeah, Call Me by Your Name is a. Uh, uh, a, a romance uh, drama coming of age movie, basically like a first romance fantasy movie. Kyle, not, it's yeah. not like fantasy, but you know, but directed by uh, Luca Guadagnino. It's nominated for um, uh, Best Actor, Timothy Chalamet, the lead, uh, Best Screenplay, Best Original Song, uh, Mystery of Love, and uh, also for Best Picture. I also would have loved to see Luca get a Best Director nominee nomination. Oh, that category yeah. was very crowded, though. Yeah, that is true. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I. Honestly, I'm I'm fine with the best picture and best actor. I I would have been more upset with Timothy Chalamet not getting nominated no, no, no. than he, I, than the than the director than Luca the, getting nominated. What's impressive is uh, Timothy Chalamet was never not it was never going to miss. In fact, he's the only one that could win over Gary Oldman in best actor. But we'll have more on that at the end. Like he's genuinely like uh, one of the. It's either he's one of the top two. Yeah, um, but. Uh, yeah, so re- uh, remembering that we're not going to get into – oh, and this is the part where we're going to get into vague spoilers, by the way. So uh, tune out now if you don't want us to say things like, I love the end of this movie, which we're going to say for this movie. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, – but we're not going to get into specific spoilers. Okay, Beatrice, what did you think of Call Me By Your Name? I mean, this is – this movie's a little complicated for me because the first time I watched it, I even wrote something for class – because I was so, there was this like really, after seeing it, me and my brother had like an argument about it a little bit because I really didn't like how they treated a specific character. And I wrote a piece about it. And in order to write the piece, I had to rewatch it again. And it was in the second viewing that I kind of was like, just just let it go and just watch the movie for what it is. And I did. And I think it's a beautiful movie. It's a romance novel meets a GQ photo shoot. It's it's a wonderful, it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. You need to watch it more than once to like really, really see what was created. This kind of, this, this nuance, this lovely little story about love and how it's powerful and how it can just sweep you away. And yes, it can be heartbreaking, but that's okay. And that should be embraced even. So um, I, it's a beautiful movie. It's, it's really well made. I still think that there are certain things that I disagree with in the movie that I would have tweaked, but um, it's, it's, a, it's beautiful. It really is. And it's a celebration of love, which is something that even now we still need a reminder of. Yeah. Celebration of love, celebration of queer love. Like, yeah. um, 
Yeah, it's, it's, I, I love Call Me By Your Name. It's my second favorite movie of the year, uh, right behind Florida Project. Um, and so in theory, I should be rooting for, uh, for, for this one to win, but it's, it's, it doesn't really have a realistic chance. Um, the thing I love about Call Me By Your Name versus typical, uh, queer movies you see, like prestige movies, uh, made by Hollywood. Um, not Moonlight because Moonlight was exceptional. Um, well, but- Moonlight wasn't made by Hollywood. Right. It was kind of an indie movie, which is one is incredible. Um, and so is this one to a certain extent. But, uh, I love that this movie is just not caught up in nonsense drama. Like, yeah. uh, it, th- that's the, th- there's no really not a lot of drama here. And it's just like two guys in love. And that's just the whole movie. And I, I, that's so refreshing to me. Um, I, I really like that versus, uh, what was the female female movie from a few years ago? Carol? Um, Carol, yeah. I I didn't love Carol as much because I felt like there was a lot of forced straight drama in that movie. And like that took away from the the great uh the great gay moments. And like there's none of that in Call Me by Your Name. So give me this movie over Carol by a lot. Now we don't need to talk about Carol though. But um but like this, <laughs> that's the thing I love about Call Me by Your Name is uh there's none there's no Every every gay coming of age movie uh, story that you see is like they have to deal with societal ramifications, and that's like all it is. And that is a component of this movie, but it's like a minor component. And it's it's really just an uh, it's really just uh, first love and uh, a presentation of that. And uh, it, it's really beautiful, uh, beautifully shot. The ending is incredible. It really comes together at the end. Um, there's like two scenes that that just that just re- really resonate, and yeah. So I I just I really love Call Me by Your Name. I do have a, a specific social problem with the movie in terms of like the two characters are pretty far apart in age, and uh, that that's kind of uh, the movie kind of talks about it and then doesn't really do anything with it. So I don't know. But See, but that, speaking on that though, like Army Hammer looks so old, but his character isn't as old as he looks. Right. Apparently, he's supposed to be twenty four in the movie, but he's clearly not twenty four. Like, yeah, like, that's yeah. the only thing. That's why it's like it's a the that's more of a problem with casting. Maybe if they cast someone younger, maybe. Perhaps, um, or yeah, at least that looks younger, not it's, necessarily. It, regardless of if he's twenty four, the other guy's still seventeen. 17. So still needs still needs to deal with that, and it, it does comment on it. So, but you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't comment that much. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm still still regardless. I I'm really in love with this movie. I'm really happy that they nominated it. Yeah, we should call yeah. you call me by your name, and they should call call me by your name. Um, Dylan. Boom. Does that, uh, I don't know if that made any sense, but okay. No, you know, like, you know, call me by your name. So it's like you love the movie. So now you're called what the movie's called. I never mind. Also, what, also insert joke about the animated movie, Your Name. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> how about that? Yeah. Uh, Michael uh, Strubog should have been, uh, no, I don't know. I didn't get his oh, last name right. Yeah. Should have been nominated for Best Sporting Actor. That was a bad one. And he had a great year. He's in three of these movies, yeah, um, that were nominated for Best Picture. They, they need to make a joke about that at, like, the, the, Jimmy Kimmel needs to joke about how yeah, he's just we'll, not we'll here. We'll see what table he's sitting at, right? That's yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk about Darkest Hour. Um, historical drama um, directed by Joe Wright about uh, Winston Churchill and uh, his like ascent into um, what prime minister and uh, how he deals with the incoming threat of Hitler. It stars uh, Gary Oldman. Um, in he's nominated for best uh, actor. It's got six nominations. Okay, um, including uh, <laughs> uh, best film, best actor, uh, uh, probably technical roles like uh, yeah, like cinematography and stuff. Which which I think I think this is a gorgeously shot movie. But anyway, Beatrice, what did you think of Darkest Hour? 
this is one of the this is one of two, maybe possibly three, but really two films that I don't understand why they're in this category. I real and especially as someone who's seen The Crown and has spent like ten hours with a specific Churchill. And it's not fair to compare 10 hours to two hours or one hour 40. I'm not 100% sure what the runtime is. But there was just something in John Lithgow's performance as Churchill that I just didn't find in Gary Oldman's portrayal of Churchill. And just overall, like, it just felt very... It's interesting. It'd be interesting if I had seen this movie before Dunkirk. Because this movie is also is essentially also a movie about Dunkirk, only from the point of view of yeah. Churchill and how he's dealing with it. And it's just kind of really snaps into focus this, you know, just how it just the best way to describe it is there's a scene in Wonder Woman. And then this is going to make sense. But there's a scene in Wonder Woman. If you haven't seen that movie, like, where have you been? But um, there's a scene there where she yells at a general being like, you you should be out there with the soldiers like in, the generals in my in my home would be out there fighting alongside the soldiers and dying with them. And that scene in that movie perfectly encapsulates why I didn't really connect with Darkest Hour where I would where I did with Dunkirk in that it's just kept, it was this constant reminder of here is this figurehead, this leader who isn't seeing the fight. And I understand, I don't want Churchill in the war because like he'd be more of a drag than anything else. Like he can't run or anything, you know, it's fine. But um, the, it did like stand out for me in that sense. And I just feel his character wasn't explored as much. He His character wasn't explored as much as he should have been. Um, there were other portrayals of Churchill that have explored him in a way that deser he deserves he deserves. I think the best person of this film is uh, the actress who played his wife. She was the one who brought energy into the screen. Every time she was on screen, I was all for it. Um, and I also don't understand why they always have to do like, oh, we're going to do a famous figure. We're going to give them a female secretary that's going to be inspired by them. Like, I just don't need that cliche in this story. And um yeah, I, I it's a, it's a it's a good movie. It doesn't it's not in the caliber of most of these movies. Okay, so you, at least you thought it was good. It was okay, but there's so many better films, and there's so many better Churchill stories. Hmm. Okay, yeah, it was a surprise that this got nominated for for best picture. Um, like it was it was possible, but this wasn't that much on people's radars. Um, this shows that the Academy can still make traditional choices. Yeah. Um, I'll guess, I guess I'll defend Darkest Star. I, I liked it more than you. I, I did, I did like this movie. I, this isn't my least favorite, I think, out of these nine. We'll, we'll get to it, but, um, hmm. I, I, I think it's a good movie. It's, it's solid. Um, there's no moments that really resonates with me like, like a lot of these others have. Like, there's no, like, huge emotional moment. Although at the end, like, he's giving speeches and that's, that's really great. Um, but, uh, I, I think the performance is, is excellent. Um, I'm really rooting against Gary Oldman in Best Actor. It's, <laughs> it's fruitless, but, uh, it is a great performance. Um, I've heard, I've, the criticism, I don't know that, I'm not that much of a Churchill expert. The criticism I've heard is that the movie doesn't do as good of a job portraying him as a man of the people. Mm. Um, like, uh, there's yeah. one, there's one scene in this movie where he is and it's, it's one rushed of the and it's, one of, yeah. yeah, but, uh, the best it, film, I mean the best scene, but. Yeah, um, I think I think it's a good movie. I don't think like this getting the ninth slot in best best picture. I don't think that's an atrocity. Like that's fine. This is I think it's a good movie. It's really solidly made. It's gorgeously shot. It is a great lead performance. Um, so I have no I have no issues with 
Darkest Hour getting nine slot. It's more just movies like Florida Project and Mudbound missing, um, yeah. which which is kind of an independent event in how the the voting works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just unexciting. As, as it's operation. a safe movie. It's a very yeah. safe movie. I feel um, like Joe Wright could have done a lot with this that that wasn't done. It feels very traditional. And it it. Uh, for some reason, it I, again, I don't know when they shot this movie, so it'd be unfair to say, but there's certain, no, not really, because even in, in, in Europe, they're having this far right movement happening right now. So they, I feel like they, they could have done a lot more commentating on it, and it just felt very safe. It didn't really say anything. Um, that could have resonated with our current climate. Yeah, I agree. I don't know what the, ta- I don't know what the message from this movie is. There's not really one. Like the, the post at least is trying to say a lot of things. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> For better or worse, it's really trying to sell us some message. Yeah. Okay. So we're tapping on Darkest Hour, but um, you know, it's it's fine. Okay, let's talk let's talk uh Dunkirk is our next one here, which is uh by directed by Christopher Nolan. It's a this is one of the ones you're more likely to have seen, uh listeners. Uh came out in during the summer, kind of a war uh epic movie. It takes place on like desynchronized timelines um, yeah. that's kind of the gimmick to it and uh got finally got christopher nolan a best director nomination so I, I thought that was that was really wonderful anyway uh beatrice what do you think of dunkirk i think he deserves it i think this is him at his best i i really do he finally gave us a film that shows hit restraint from him because usually his films are two and a half hours plus long and finally we get a film from him that's like two hours and it's so good it's so tight it's from a technical perspective from the editing to the sound to to the cinematography i just think this was a fantastic movie and it shows his his the command he has in his craft in that he's very confident in the stories he tells and the way he tells them um i even though i'm not rooting for him for best director i wouldn't be mad if he got to, if he won best director i wouldn't be mad about that because this isn't a movie where you go see it for performances this is a movie you go see because of the director you go see it because the director himself is give is performing and telling you the story and it's a grueling journey it's a gr- it's a it's a really hard story it's a really heavy story but the way he tells it makes you want to watch it again and again and it's 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 a rough ride you are at the edge of your seat you're feeling like oh god these poor men what's going to happen to them and it's just i think it's masterclass directing maybe not masterclass acting maybe there the the dialogue itself could have been stronger even though there wasn't a lot of it because it didn't need a lot of it but if you're going to have such minimal dialogue you got to make sure that the, those words matter um and it, it in in that sense it may not have worked as much but just from a visual perspective, just everything from the visual, from editing, from sound, everything else just kind of really enhanced this movie. And I just think it's wonderful. Um, my preferred Dunkirk story of th- this past year. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this fun focuses on. Dunkirk. Yes. <laughs> it's all about Dunkirk. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you, lo- I, I wanted to love this, this movie, Dunkirk. And I'm a big Christopher Nolan fan. Really happy he's finally gotten nominated here. Um, I, I have a blind spot though with war movies. Um, and I had trouble, a lot of trouble connecting to Dunkirk. Uh, I also have a blind spot for movies really without narrative or characterization, which I think is what Dunkirk is. Um, but I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, this movie spends a lot of time with a lot of different characters and I didn't connect with any of them. 
Um, and, uh, I also don't, you know, I, I'd prefer not, not to see fighting in general, which shouldn't influence opinions, but we all have our, our preferences for, for films and like, like war fighting. But to be honest, I, I liked the Mel Gibson war movie from last year more, which is like a stupid opinion, but, uh, that like had an emotional center yeah, to it yeah. that I really connected with. And, uh, there wasn't, there's like an emotional climax to this movie, but it's not because of the characters themselves. It's more just like the, what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love this movie technically and I deserves all the technical nominations. Um, I do wish it had better, uh, narrative and characterization or any, any amount of that. Gotcha. So, gotcha. That's know. fair. That's fair. Yeah. So I, I'm fine. I'm fine with it being numbing. You know, we all, we all have things we don't connect with and, uh, it's happy to see the success of Christopher Nolan for sure. So, uh, let's talk, uh, get out the next one. This is the other one you're more likely to have seen. It's came out all the way back in February and is a horror movie and is a, uh, a black racial commentary. And it got nominated for best picture. What? Like it had like- everything working against it came out in February is genre horror. It's about minorities, everything working against it. Yeah. Yeah, directed by Jordan Peele in his directorial debut, starring Daniel Kalula. Um, he was nominated. Bo- both of them were nominated. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, Beatrice, you said your second favorite movie of the year. What do you love about Get Out? Um, it's just there are two films of the past year that I wouldn't change anything of, and Get Out is one of them. Even the things that I think aren't its strongest, it may not be at its, its strongest, I still think like I don't want to change this movie at all. And I adore the ending. I don't know if you saw, but there was an alternate ending that came out with the Blu-ray DVD online release. And I am that ending would have been crushed, so crushing. And I'm so glad that Jordan Peele went with the ending that he went with. And I love how there are these twists and I love the performances. I, I think it's just this crazy journey. And I'm someone who's not a really big fan of horror. I don't like being scared, um, and I was—I'm so glad I got—I was brave and decided to watch this movie because the way the thing the the commentary that he that Jordan Peele adds to the race discussion and to racism and how and what and just the commentary on just the present and the present dis, uh, conversations about race—it's just. I mean, it's it's how like wow. This, this, what I'm about to say next is sarcasm, just in case people don't get it. But what a surprise that someone that's actually impacted by the oppression and actually gets behind the camera and is able to get behind the camera actually has something worth saying, has nuance in the way he says it, and and does something incredible and unique and refreshing, and and it's just goes to show that if you actually put people who experience that trauma behind the camera, writing it, actually getting them and getting that talent to tell these stories actually brings something to the conversation and doesn't limit the conversation, which is something that often happens with having directors of a specific, like directors or writers that are not part of that, that don't experience that oppression, having them write about it. It shows, it shows that there is a limit to what they can do and what they can say and having and getting more people with so many different perspectives getting them behind the camera and getting them to tell these stories is so crucial in keeping film in general, keeping it thriving. And I just, everything about this movie, I am so for, and the fact that it is so well done is just great. And I just adore it. 
Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. That's that's like the same thing with Lady Bird for me is let yeah. these types of people tell these types of stories. Like that's what we've been missing. And um, the fact that Get Out is is an Oscar nominee here. Another element. This movie is specifically commenting on how people like uh, the old white guys in the Academy are racist. Uh, yeah. like that's like that's the movie's message, and they still and people still nominate. So that's wonderful. Yeah, I, I love Get Out. Um, I think that the last like third of the movie is like a triumph and uh, the, 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 the message behind uh, the movie, like the, what it's all leading towards um, is, is incredible. But that's like the entire movie. Um, I think the performances are all great. The direction's great. Um, like, I guess what separates this from like my top, top movies is that the first two thirds aren't like as super enthralling. Um, like we're building, it's one of those movies where like we're building to a point and like the majority is the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I, I still loved it still. I think it's still in my top 10 and, uh, re- yeah, really, really, really incredible, important movie. Um, would absolutely love to see this win best picture. Um, yes. and it, it honestly could, <laughs> that's the, that, it could, we'll see, but, uh, yeah, get, there's get out. I, I think most people have probably seen it, but if you haven't definitely, definitely watch get out. Uh, okay. Let's talk about lady bird, which is a, uh, Coming of age uh, movie directed by Getter Gerwig about a uh, girl growing up in Sacramento, uh, played by Saoirse Ronan. Um, I think she's nominated, has a chance. Uh, Greta Gerwig is nominated for Best Director. Uh, and, about, and it's about her uh, relationship with her mom, played by Laurie Metcalf, um, who also could win that category, but we'll see. We'll talk about that at the end. Uh, Beatrice, what do you think of Lady Bird? I. Well, I went, it's interesting, like when that first opening half of the bird happens, because before I went to see it, my sister told me like, you need to see this movie because it reminded me so much of your relationship with mom. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll see it. And uh, that opening scene, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. But then after that, like the the relationship between her and her mom, that is, there is an honesty to that. There's There is something about the mother-daughter relationship that hasn't been that that relationship in itself hasn't been explored as much as it should in film and having that honesty in and truth in that relationship it was so wonderful to see um i don't have it in my top 10 because even though it's like for the people that it resonates with it resonates and it will it, it it's if people, if you like this, you don't like this movie. You either love, you love it. You all, it's usually like if it touches you, you're going to love it. Um, I, I take back not liking it because I thought it was okay. I just, there are other movies that also deal with a young woman coming of age and dealing with her thing that I found to be more powerful. One of them is, I believe it came out last year, I believe called diary of a teenage girl. That is also about a young woman coming out. Um, it's much more about her coming out and, dealing with her like sexuality and her and what where she fits in the world in that sense but um ladybird it's much more like it's just these small moments and you could like someone could make the argument that like oh nothing happens in this movie but it's like no things happen it's just i could i could see someone see this and think it's boring like i i could see that happen um I didn't find it boring. I think it is very beautiful and subtle. I just don't, not that I don't get the hype because I do support the story. I do support the director. I support, I want, I, I, there is honesty there, but it just didn't hundred percent work for me because I didn't think it was as 
original as I hoped it would be. It, like okay. the most, for me, the most impactful moment well, the two, well, there were two most impactful moments, but for me, one of the most impactful moments was that opening scene. Like, was that opening scene for me where I was like, oh, okay, I get it. And then after that, it just kind of died down a bit for me. Okay. Um, I've, I've seen this opinion, but this is our biggest disagreement because I yeah. love Lady Bird. I have it number three overall. Like, I think Lady Bird's a masterpiece. And uh, number one, this is the type of movie that does not get told in this capacity, which is a female coming of age story like you see a million male coming of age stories yeah. and uh, there's a female coming of age story by a female director um like it's very personal about uh, her hometown and stuff um i i love every part of ladybird um i think that it's uh it, it resonates in it's like relatable i think that it uh is, is is it's really great characterization of its main character really realistic portrayal i think the relationship between ladybird and her mother is probably the best relationship i've seen uh on on like on screen in 2017 i think it was incredibly done um i think both of the, both of their performances are wonderful there's so many scenes i think there's the beginning scene um there's like a scene in when they're shopping that's that's getting some play and uh some like yeah. clips at award shows that's that's incredible it's 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 told in a way that i haven't seen media tell this type of thing where you just like blow up at your parents and yet you still love them like that's that, that that's that's one of its incredible aspects and just it's like raw portrayal of Lady Bird herself, which is the main character. I think she is, yeah. is really incredible. Other thing that stands out to me about this movie when I rewatched it was how tightly like edited it is, which I think is uh, it, it's this movie is 90 minutes and it has like 100 plus scenes and they're just it's just bam 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 to things and uh the way it can uh meaningfully comments and tell a story through like these vignettes that we see mm. of of her life uh was just astounding to me yeah um so i i just i think it's incredibly made i think that there's maybe not like one huge moment that re emotionally resonates like like the end of call me by your name a huge emotionally resonant moment there's maybe not that part in ladybird for me that's the only thing um but other than that i, I think it's incredible yeah. I mean, again, I, I'm most people agree with you rather than with me. Um, I and again, I think if I watch it, I feel like it's similar to Call Me By Your Name. This is a movie that I needed to see again. I've only seen it once. And I feel like the first time there's a lot to take in. And then the second time you can really capture those like little the, the smaller details that you, the first time you watch something, you were too busy looking at everything to like let it sink in for you. So uh, it's definitely one that I need to look at again. But um at the moment, I, I'd be happy with the win because I know how much it means to a lot of people and I know how much people love, like, care about it. And the more it's one of those movies that the more I think about it, the more I like it. But in terms of just emotional reaction, like, gut reaction to it, I thought, I wish I had liked it more, is like what I went out thinking, came out of the movie thinking. Yeah. Okay, I mean that's how I feel about Dunkirk, you know. Yeah, but, um, but <laughs> like uh, di different movies and different, you know, film is subjective, and that's what's great about it. Yeah, um, definitely recommend the rewatch. Also, it's like ninety minutes, super easy rewatch. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, hope uh, Ladybird. It'd just be incredible to see all those women go up for for Ladybird, like female directed movie. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, Ladybird is very white, to be fair. Um, there, you know, it's not like yeah. it's, a it's a specific uh, thing. Like, not a, not a, other than Get Out. Like, uh, there's not a lot of movies that are, are perfect in, in uh, what they're commenting on. Yeah. But. 
Um, you know, they call me by your name, very white. Okay. Yep, but yep, yep, yeah, yep. anyway, uh, here's a movie that's another movie that's very white. In fact, I think there are no non-white people in this movie. <laughs> uh, Phantom Thread. Uh, this was a shocking nomination. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, no one saw this coming. Um, I think that I just, I had to just really? go see it because I, uh, this guy no precursor nominations. Um, it just came out very late. So I think it, it mm-hmm. ended up taking a lot of people a long time to see it. But this is the type of movie that gets rewarded by the threshold, 5% first place threshold. Well, cause there's a lot of people that there's a few people that really love Phantom Thread. Um, but, uh, what did you think? Oh, this is, uh, directed, um, Paul Thomas Anderson, and it yeah. stars Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, that's why I wasn't surprised that it was nominated, because these are like Oscar darlings. You know, they're, it's Daniel Day-Lewis in his potentially last film. It's Paul Thomas Anderson. Of course they're going to be nominated. It's no, kind of like- I, I would say Paul Thomas Anderson is not as much of an Oscar darling as you would think. He's, he's uh, last two movies have struggled to get nominations, and... Uh, He's he's uh, and uh, Daniel Day Lewis obviously is, but I, I don't I don't think the the Academy loves BTA that much. So this is a good turnaround, and uh, yeah. So Beatrice, what did you think of Phantom Thread? I what well, I went to an early screening of this movie that I managed to get into, and I brought my sister along with me, and I one my sister fell asleep halfway through, and I and there were like people were laughing. And I would, me and her would constantly turn to each other and be like, why are they laughing? Why, why are they laughing? The Phantom Thread is some funny moments. It's, no, not to say that it's funny. It, it does have funny moments. But I just thought like, I, it, I didn't, it wasn't humor that worked for me. And it, it, I don't know. I just, this is a movie that, again, the more I think about it, the more I can understand, not that the more that I like it, but the more I can understand what they were trying to say, what they were trying to do. But it is a movie that I don't want to watch again. I didn't find to be very resonate. It didn't resonate much with me. I didn't enjoy it. I, I, as like, as I let it sink in, I was like, oh, this is what they, this is what was going on. These are the themes that they're dealing with. And this is what, this is what commentary I'm, I'm taking out of this movie and blah, blah, blah. Like I could write a, I could write a piece on this film, but I wouldn't enjoy writing the piece on it because I just don't have any real, emotion when it comes to this film i felt nothing watching it i was just like really this is your last performance daniel day lewis really Mm. okay all right again like i most people a lot of people have said very positive things about it i just personally didn't connect to it um and i it's one of the movies that i could have easily swapped it out and put another film in Okay, so you're saying has interesting things to say, but not told in an interesting way? Or rather, not told in a way that I find interesting. Okay. Not that it's not okay. told in an interesting way, but like there are a lot of moments in this film that are GIF-worthy. Like I'd want to have GIFs of them, <laughs> but I wouldn't necessarily want to watch this movie again. Okay, I probably agree with that. Um, I So I literally just saw it, so I haven't fully processed yet. Um, but uh, I did love Phantom Thread. I, I think I I was engrossed watching it. I, I agree with you that like your opinion of this movie is going to come down to whether you like the process of where we arrive. Like where we arrive yeah. is clearly interesting. But uh, did you enjoy getting there? And I and it took me a little bit. I think like the first hour of the movie is a little boring. Um, but I, I was once we got past that, I was really engrossed by what was happening. It was. Uh, it's like what is what is what is any of this? Like we're <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on. It's so weird. Um and the acting's so incredible, the direction's so incredible, but ultimately I really did love it. 
Um, it's, I really don't want to say anything about what the movie's about because you should just see it blind, I would say. Yeah. Um, like it's a movie whose intentions are intentionally disguised. Um, but uh, on the surface, it's like about dressmaking and it is, it is, it's about a dressmaker in 1950s London. Um, but I think that like, it's not so much that it has like incredibly unique things to say about uh human behavior at the end it just tells it in such an interesting way like i i just i really love how we arrived there and i was there's a few scenes in the second half that i was just floored by um so that's really all i'm looking for in any movie is just to be um super emotionally resonant or floored by uh a scene or multiple scenes like that that i can i can take parts that i'm not into if i get that and uh, i definitely got them from phantom thread super weird uh, super interesting movie. Um, but it, it's going to be polarizing. I'd say probably most like average film goers wouldn't like it, but I don't really know. You know, yeah. it's, it, it is, it's a tough one, but yeah, that's, I, I don't want to sit on that for, for a while, <laughs> but I'm, I'm completely fine with the Oscar nomination there. Like that's, you know, it's, it's, this is like a dairy. I don't think this is a, an Oscar bait movie, although Daniel Day Lewis, it's like a, this is a weird daring movie, I guess. Um, although it's like a period piece. Uh, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a lot of it's a subversion, so it's hard to (laughs) to say what it is and isn't. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk The Post, uh, by, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, by, uh, starring Meryl Streep, uh, Tom Hanks, um, Meryl Streep nominated, Tom Hanks not nominated. Uh, Beatrice, what do you think of The Post? Um, I think, look, as, as a journalist, this film had so many moments of just me fist pumping because it's just it's kind of similar to Sp- I think Spotlight is a better film than this one, mm-hmm. but it's it had a similar emotion. I, I had a similar thing of like yeah journalism just as a journalist. But um, I will say that this film is heavy handed. It does not shy away from really telling you what the message is. And there are are scenes in this movie that really are like hit you over the head of what it what this like what the moment means. Like, look how important this moment is. It just it really it it. It's a well-made film. The performances are great. I think this performance by Meryl Streep, I think, is really phenomenal. I think it's one of her stronger ones in recent years. Um, But there's just... It's so heavy-handed. There's just... This film does not know subtlety. And... um, I I enjoyed... I love the end. I love the end. And people have said that if you stop if you fit the second this movie ends and you start all the president's men it's like a perfect continuation (laughs) and it's like it's a way a perfect way to lead into all the president's men and it's crazy if you think about the fact that Meryl Streep's character the person that she plays doesn't even appear in all the president's men which just really shows you how there is this erasure of women um, in in history and storytelling there that women get erased if women don't if if men don't include women in their stories and women don't get the power to tell their own stories, they get erased. And um, this movie really emphasize like really emphasizes that. And I, it's a great film. Um, it's just not the subtlest of films. And just to say, like Phantom Thread, I don't blame it for being nominated. I think there's objectively I can see good in it, and the people I saw it with are really digging it. But um, these two movies, I would say, are not the strongest in the bunch of all these films, but I understand why they would get nominated because they are well-made films. It's just 
personally, the post, for instance, is just a little bit too heavy handed. Yeah, I, I'd lump the post in with Darkest Hour and didn't need to be nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, and Phantom Thread, I think, is, is a great nomination. Uh, the post, I think the post, I, I take issue with the post being a great movie, although I think it's a very good movie. Like, I think that's what separates this from the rest of these, a lot of these really resonant great movies is that, uh, like, the post is fine. Like, it, it's doing what it does well. Um, one of the biggest things, and I hinted at it earlier, was it's doing way too many things. Yeah. And the best thing that it's doing is telling the story of Meryl Streep's character, which I think it does incredibly well. And I think I agree. This is a great performance by Meryl Streep. A lot of people are like, oh, another Meryl Streep nomination. This one was actually great. Like, this, yeah. is, this is like, and it's telling the story of a really important woman in history. And I think her characterization was incredible. Like, if the whole movie was about that, maybe this would be a great movie. But um, we we spend a lot of time doing other things, which are not bad. I mean, Sp- Steven Spielberg can't do anything bad. It's it's fine. But uh, it's just not that uh, it's just not as interesting and not as uh, resonant. So I think the post is fine, um, you know. But uh, and it is very heavy ended. Also, I hate the first scene of the movie. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> we just start in Vietnam for no reason. Yeah, and don't need to see that. I just oh, I just despise that. But um, but uh, telling Meryl Streep's story was was wonderful. So I it's it's fine. It's not the end of the world that this got nominated. And also, there's 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 this trend with these films where there's always this monologue. That a specific character, not necessarily the main character, will have for Call Me By Your Name. There was a specific monologue that was so incredible. In the post, there is a monologue by a character that appears very briefly in the entire film. She doesn't talk much, but when she has that speech, you're just like, oh, man, what a great speech. And something interesting about 2017 had a lot of great monologues. Yeah. Uh, it's it, yeah, it's a good speech. I've it was just shocking that that character was talking so much, considering she didn't do anything else in the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, the, the movie has too many characters. Yeah, um, but you'll see a lot of re- actors you recognize, so that's fun. I actually didn't um think the Trump commentary was was great. Like I liked it, like personally, but I didn't think it was great. Well, well done. <laughs> Is that a hot take? No, I don't think it's a hot take. I think a lot of people came out feeling that way. In that it was, I mean, I feel like if you had, if this this movie had come out any other, like th- five years ago, people would have been like, what? Like this movie wouldn't have existed five years ago. Is I, th- what- I think the Trump commentary distracts from the Meryl story. Streep's characterization. Yeah. Like, I think the last scene is kind of, I don't know. I don't need it. Okay. Um, but that's the whole reason the movie exists, so whatever. Uh, okay, let's talk The Shape of Water. Uh, which is uh, the latest film from Guillermo del Toro, uh, starring Sally Hawkins as a uh, mute, uh, uh, like cleaning lady in a government facility in Baltimore, and it's a love story between her and a fish monster. Yes, <laughs> and, yeah, and it's maybe the best picture favorite, which is awesome. Like, <laughs> no, this movie is not Oscar bait. It's a love story between. Uh, a fish, uh, like a monster fish and a woman. Like, uh, yeah. Anyway, Beatrice, what do you think of The Shape of Water? I, I love this movie. And there is, I'm not going to go into detail, but there is a scene. There is a scene at, in like the third act of the film, there's a scene that if you take it out of context and you just put it out there, people would be like, what is this? Like, it makes no sense. What is going on? What is, what is happening? And, but because Guillermo del Toro is so confident in the way he's telling the story, he knows that by that point, 
he knows that he can throw anything on screen and the audience would dig it. The audience would be there because he has them. He has them and he's just like, I have complete control and I'm going to go as crazy and as wild as I want to be with my imagination and it's fantastic. And it's just, it's a wonderful film about the oppressed. And something I really do like about it is that a lot of times with love stories, something happened with Call Me By Your Name and that it's so obsessed with the two lovebirds. It's so obsessed with the two people in love that everybody else kind of fades away. And it's and if it's done well, most people won't care because that's if it's that the love story is so enthralling. But with this film, not only is I mean, the love story isn't as enthralling as Call Me By Your Name. I think if anything, there there are certain scenes in it that I was like, ooh, I, I don't understand how this jumped from here to here. I would have changed this a little bit. But it had such a great supporting cast. And they were so strong. And the love story was strong as well. And Sally Hawkins is amazing in this role without saying a word. And she does so much. And Del Toro just does something crazy with this movie. And it's not just about a monster and a lady falling in love. It's also about the oppressed. It's also about old Hollywood and the love of film. And it's this wonderful, weird mix of things. And it works. And it's inc- it's a miracle that it works. And I, I adore it. And it wasn't made for a lot. It was not. It did not have a huge budget. So it's it's just it's a it's definitely a feat. I think, and it's just a one. I would not be mad if it took Best Picture. I wouldn't, and I'm not mad that he's gonna win Director because I think it deserves it. Yeah, made for 20 million and uh, looks probably the best looking film of the year. Yeah, which is, which is incredible. Um, yeah, I also love Shape of Water, and I'm thrilled that it's uh, being this well received. Um, in, in it, like in a year when Lady Bird and Get Out exist, this almost like is like the non-progressive choice, but it, this movie's totally progressive and. Um, uh, like stars a uh, a mute woman and uh it's 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 wonderful throughout um i think that the final scene of the movie absolutely floored me mm-hmm, um, yeah. and one of my favorite scenes of the year and that's really what i'm looking for a huge emotional scene to connect with and i absolutely love the final scene and the rest of the movie is also very very good um i think sally hawkins performance is incredible richard jenkins is incredible in this movie um, uh, you know, Michael Shannon, Octavia Spencer. It's it, it's it's really incredibly well made. I'm very happy for Guillermo del Toro, um, especially uh, as he's a animation supporter. <laughs> he has an animated mm-hmm. series out, and uh, he's like a big Gravity Falls fan. It's, it's it's great. I'm glad he's he's going to win Best Director. This is this is really an incredible film. Um, it's I guess it's the type of movie a lot of the the general populace sees win and doesn't connect with. But um, that's a shame because I think that it's. It's incredible and great commentary on oppression and stuff like that. Yeah. I will say that I really hope that Octavia Spencer stops being pigeonholed into a specific type of character. Um, I remember when watching the movie, I was just thinking, wouldn't it have been crazy if Octavia Spencer was the silent princess? Like, wouldn't have that been so cool to see? Because we know she's a great actress. So I was just, that's something that did that little detractor was just that she, even though she's great, I it's just another reminder that people are only giving her certain specific roles and I want more of her doing a variety of things. Yeah, that character is kind of typical. I'm surprised that she's getting that much awards recognition because there's not a lot there in that role. I would say, um, but I, they they do explore they ex- they explore her more than a typical movie. Yeah. Movie. So I think I think that's at least good. 
Um, so yeah, Shape of Water, definitely highly recommend seeing. And lastly, the main event here, three, three <laughs> billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, it is a, uh, hard to describe this, a black comedy directed by Martin McDonough, starring Frances McDormand about, um, uh, Missouri town and her, um, getting, uh, her trying to get the police to solve her daughter's, uh, murder. And, uh, very much a black comedy, very much, um, it's kind of like a play. He's like a playwright. Uh, Beatrice, what do you think of Three Billboards? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get why it's getting so much recognition. I don't understand. I I watched it and then just thought, this is it? This is what everyone's like freaking out about? Really? Like I found it to be problematic. I found it to be to I found the story itself. I found it to borderline melodramatic. I thought it was a soap opera at one point. And I, I understand Frances McDormand's performance. I can get, like, there are moments in this film that she completely owns. But everything else about it, I was just thinking there's, you know, if you are going, if you who are an American are going to write a film about American culture, I want you to do your homework and actually do some nuanced writing, not just pretend to include things in there so it could be authentic it's like dude if you're gonna write about a racist cop i want him to deal with racism if you're gonna redeem him like you can't just do that you can't just throw it in there and then just like no that's not how this works um and i'm not saying that a director who isn't american can't direct a movie that about america because okja exists and okja is a wonderful film directed by a korean director and it and it's wonderful and it comments on American capitalism and it's so nuanced and so great. This movie is not that. This movie is is just very uncomfortable to watch and just the way it just refuses to actually deal with things. And I I wanted more Frances McDormand. Like, you know, if you had if you combine Sam Rockwell's story and Woody Harrelson's story, they're essentially they they make up half the film, whereas Frances McDormand makes up the other half. I wanted Frances McDormand to make up three quarters of the movie and everybody else to have a quarter. So um, I I really don't understand, outside of Frances McDormand's nominations, I really don't understand how it's nominated for anything else. Like, this is the one that I just, I really cannot say, like, oh, yes, this is a great film. Like, objectively, it has moments. It has moments of greatness, and I think that's mostly due to Frances McDormand's performance. Everything else about it, I'm like, no, I gotta turn my brain off for this because it's silly. It's silly. Okay, yeah. Uh, I want to I circle back to the problematic stuff after, but um, that, it's interesting. There's definitely a lot of people who have your reaction. I read a similar opinion in the New, the New York Times by Wesley Morris. Uh, does the throw bo- three billboards say anything about America? Well, and he basically s- says that the movie just doesn't end up saying anything at all, and it just doesn't come together well. Um, I, I, I'm definitely rooting against this movie in the best picture category because I do find it problematic, which we'll circle back. I want to make that clear. But I did really like Three Billboards. I do think it's it's a, it's a great movie, and I, it is in my my top ten. Um, but uh, certainly, there's elements that that end, that ends up not working. But um, I, like, I guess taking on the supporter of the movie role, even though I love uh, most, I guess half of the movies in this category better than Three Billboards. Um, I think the movie is uh, very smart, very like witty. It has uh, it, it has like great dialogue. It, uh, it it has a lot to say. None of it comes together that well. It has interesting. It is like really interesting characters. It has a 
powerful female role, lead performance with Frances McDormand. She's incredible. That role is 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 really great. Um, there's a lot of great supporting characters. There's always interesting things going on. It's commenting about like uh, like this tough like this tough subject. Like her daughter was uh, was like murdered, and she's uh, dealing with it. It's like about grief and dealing with grief. And uh, like I, like I think like all the white Oscar voters really love grief movies because that was the same thing with uh, with Manchester, Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, yeah. that I like this movie a lot better than Manchester. To be honest, oh um, yeah, this is a better than Manchester by the Sea. Manchester by the Sea is like a depression in a movie. Okay, interesting. Uh, people love Manchester, um, but uh, I think this movie's really good. Look, uh, it's it's Sam Rockwell's character is goes on a, a, a unearned journey. Um, that performance is incredible. I think I think Sam Rockwell is really great. Um, I think the character is is pretty interesting. Like the movie isn't. I agree that the movie is not as clever as it thinks it is. Like at the end, um, it's 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 trying to comment on. Uh, like moving on and stuff, and uh, it's 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 uh, it's kind of successful. Uh, but I, I did enjoy it. I think I what something that influences is I saw this at the end of November. I saw this before like uh, this became the front runner. Before there's all this commentary about it, so I feel like maybe expectations played a role. But um, yeah, I, I think this is a good movie. I get it. I definitely get it. This is also I want to say this is not the type of movie that wins Best Picture. So this is like uh, like it's very white and stuff, but it's not. Uh, you know, it's like a very, very much like a black comedy that's like a play is is not the type of movie that typically wins. So it's in, it's really interesting that this is resonating with people. I agree. I, that was unexpected for me that this becomes the front runner. Um, I don't think it's going to win. So that's the, 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 that is that going. But let's circle back to problematic because that's where most of the backlash is coming from against this movie is that it's socially problematic. What do, what specifically do you find problematic about this movie? I just don't understand why they use race racism and the black lives matter thing like police brutality as simply a device to as simply uh, as a background information for a character and if that's the reason he's a bad character if you're going to redeem him he needs to face the badness like we can't be sympathetic to him like i i i'm not saying you can't redeem someone like that i'm saying if you're going to redeem him it has to be earned it has to be earned and he didn't earn it cuz he's still violent He's still racist. And I'm like, dude, you need a, you, I can't get behind you. They didn't, the way this movie tries to be sympathetic towards him. And I'm like, what, why should I be sympathetic towards him? He hasn't shown me that he's worth any sympathy. And it's, it's just really frustrating. And same with Woody Harrelson's character. I'm like, dude, just because he got cancer does not make it not does not make it okay for you to be okay with Sam Rockwell's character. It all ties back, where it's like these people are refuse these people refuse to actually deal with the the weaknesses they have and refuse to actually be efficient in what they do simply because this movie refuses to want to comment on anything. And it's like. It's like there is a story worth telling in here. There is a there is a great drama in here. It just doesn't do anything. It just doesn't gr- bring any sort of comments, nuance, anything because it just uses racism as this given and doesn't even explore it. It's like if you di- if they had just made him a bad cop who's violent, not even brought in the whole racially charged things, then maybe I wouldn't care so much. But it's like, you know, if you're not going to talk about it, then don't mention it is what I am I say. You know, like I would have rather them not mentioned it 
And it's like, and the criticism be like, oh, why didn't you mention it? I would have rather had that criticism, like, in my conscience than be like, oh, I'm going to mention it just to use it as a tool for drama and tension, but never actually explore it. And I, I just couldn't, it just, it's, and it's to that point, it's to that point where we're, we are as a society, I'm just like, I'm just done. If it's a serious problem, it's a serious problem. And if people aren't going to take it seriously, and if people are just going to use it for drama, sorry, you don't deserve to talk about it. You don't deserve to tell the story because you're not willing to actually engage with the subject matter. And that's my, that's my position. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people feel the same way. I think you hit on the two main points that I'm seeing in terms of it being problematic. One is that the Sam Rockwell character is a racist cop who gets redemption, and he doesn't really address like, uh, he's still racist at the end. So yeah. uh, like, but he gets redemption anyway. And two is like, that it's not really showing it's not commenting on right you, you yeah, yeah, I think you, I really agree with you that it doesn't show uh, racism, it just uses it's like, uh, as a, as a back, th- as a backdrop thing. I, the thing that really annoys me is the lack of, um, like black main characters in a story mm-hmm. that's about racism. Um, that's, that's hard to swallow that everyone, it's just about white people dealing with, uh, racism, but it's not like there's, there are black people in the movie, but they're very, they have not a lot. They don't get any They're in lines. the periphery. They're in the yeah. periphery. That, that's that's not a good idea. And that, that, there's, there's a character that literally gets thrown in jail, and the next time we see her, she's smiling. And it's like, yeah. what? Like what? No, that's not how this works. Yeah, that is not 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 good. Um, it's very. You can tell this is a white person telling the story, and um, uh, I, I I listened to uh, Martin McDonough on uh, the playback podcast with uh, Christopher Tapley to hear his perspective on this. And um, he Christopher asked about the backlash, which I thought was interesting. And Martin says, um, here, "Here's everything he says." He says. Um, Sam's character, Sam Rockwell's character was not redeemed. Um, the story isn't about heroes and villains, uh, which I think that's clearly he's going to say something like that. And uh, here's a direct quote. The idea that for human beings, there's uh, hope, there's hope in a story like this, even for characters as despicable as Sam's. I thought that was an interesting idea to explore. Um, so he is so- trying to redeem him then because he's trying to show there, there's hope for him. I, th- I think he would argue that hope is not the same thing as redeeming him. Um, but it makes him sympathetic. Right. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I, I, I props to Martin for not shying away from saying his position on this. I think that last quote is uh, exactly what I expected him to say, and I don't agree that that's a theme worth ex- exploring. Um, uh, despicable people, uh, there's hope for them, um, is not an important story to tell, and this is mm-hmm. something that white. This is a type of story that white people really love, to <laughs> and uh, it's it's not important given that we have marginalized people's stories to tell like though that's the those stories are important until we're inundated with stories about uh marginalized people then maybe we can get into okay um like yes everyone agrees racist racist are people too like yes like we get that you don't it's not it's not like everyone's condemning them it's not like we're killing we're killing them off like i mean one of them's our president like we get it (laughs) It's it, we know that they have humanity. We don't need to. We don't need a whole movie about that. <laughs> like it, it, there's so many stories about that, and uh, it, it's it's just it's really not an an important thing to get into. And if you are going to get into it, it needs to be done in a more nuanced way than this movie handles it. So you know, it's it's just I it's 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 not like this is. Um, I do think this movie is trying to be progressive, and um, I think there are progressive themes in there. Um, uh, like it is like racism is bad and it's like the uh, whole movie's about that. Well um, done. Well done. 
Yeah, good job commenting on that. But it's it's really just the the what he says what he says with like uh, exploring hope for despicable characters. Like um, it, the movie gets too caught up in that basically is and it takes away from the other brilliant parts of it in my opinion yeah i mean there there are some scenes in there that are incredible there are some scenes like there's a scene with francis mcdormand where she takes some i won't get into specifics but someone visits her and she just tears them a new one and it's fantastic and if there were more scenes like that in there then maybe but no it's it's this film is filled with moments and then this very dark cloud over it. And it's just, it's it's frustrating. There was something in there and it just didn't land. Yeah. Um, well, it is it is landing for a lot of people. For a lot and, of people. Uh, <laughs> clearly, my opinion is the most important, Dylan. I mean, come on. Well, no, you are not alone in this opinion. There's <laughs> there's like two, there's like the, uh, this movie isn't even good. And then there's also like, this movie is problematic. And, um, you know, there, there's there's supporters for a lot of that. Well, I think I, I think this backlash will be enough to make it not win, but we will see. Um, there you go. Those are our thoughts on all of the movies. Let's briefly hit on the other major categories. Um, actor, uh, not a best actor, not a particularly strong best actor year, to be honest. Best actress is really strong year, but, um, uh, Gary Oldman is heavily favored to win, uh, as we talked about Darkest Hour. Um, the only other person who could win in this category is, uh, Timothy Chalamet. Um, I'm really rooting for, okay, I'm going to say up front, I am heavily rooting against every front runner this year <laughs> in, in acting, so, uh, it's unfortunate, but, um, I think Gary Oldman's performance is great. Um, I don't, I think Timothy's is better, honestly. Yeah. So, like, I would give it to him on that basis. Also, I think Gary Aldman's like a problematic human being. So that's, there's that factor. But, um, you know, don't give a career award to Gary Aldman, you know. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. I'm just unenthusiastic about, about him winning that. Yeah. I mean, again, he's not the best Churchill I've seen on screen. If he's going to get best actor, I wanted him to be the best Churchill on screen. Not to say that his performance was bad, it wasn't a bad performance. It wasn't. It was a great performance. But I need a like I would if Darkest Hour was a movie that you had to watch only for his performance, it wasn't worth it. Like I didn't need to see his performance. It was a great performance, but it wasn't enough to make the movie stellar and spectacular. Mm-hmm. Like certain performances in certain other movies were like, that was worth it. it. The movie may not have been perfect, but because of that sole performance, it was worth watching. That doesn't happen with The Darkest Hour for me with Gary Oldman. If you want to see Churchill, just watch John Lithgow on the crowd. I can't say enough that he's great in it. But, um, but yeah, Timmy, I want Timmy to win. He did. He does more. That film is, there's so much more in that. Like He is the strongest thing in that film. He is the film. This film could not have worked without Timothy Chalamet. And he, like in terms of importance, he like you could think of various people who could play Churchill. For in my mind, there is no other kid who could have played Elio. He needs like he deserves it. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I I do think Darkest Hour is worth it for the lead performance. I I, I I'm, it like it crosses the threshold for me. It's not it doesn't cross by a lot, but um I think that is that's good enough. But uh you know it's like I'm, I don't know. I just it's it's Timothy is. Uh, you know, more of an exciting young person and has a better performance. So that combines to me rooting heavily for him. But Gary Elman will win that category. Um, yeah. Best actress. Uh, I think this might be the best, stro- the strongest best actress yeah. year ever, ever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I think I might know who is going to win, but I'm not. You have, you have Francis McDormand, Saoirse Ronan, and Sally Hawkins all in potentially the top three vote getters of the year, all yeah. lead female performances, uh, female main characters in those movies. 
Um, those are the three that could win. Uh, you also have Meryl Streep in The Post, who we think is incredible. We talked about that. Margot Robbie and Itanya, she's great in that yeah. movie. Uh, and there's a lot that, that missed. Um, I think specifically, probably sixth year was Jessica Chastain for Molly's, Molly's game. game. Yeah, She was absolutely incredible in that movie. Um, I really, there could have been 10 slots here. Um, I just saw a phantom thread and, uh, Vicky, uh, Vicky Cray. Uh, yeah, she was Vicky good. She was movie. really good. I think she's the main character of that movie. And, oh, totally. Uh, she's totally yeah, the main character. She's incredible there. She was the one, only of the three lead performance that didn't get nominated. Um, I get it cause this st- category is so strong, but I yeah. would have loved to see her nominated too. Um, who, uh, regard Francis McDormand is the favorite here. Um, but she's not as she's won every precursor. She's not as much of a favorite as you'd think. Saoirse Ronan could win. Um, I, I want Saoirse to win, even though, like, on, okay, honest, like the person. If I picked, I would pick Sally Hawkins. But if Saoirse Ronan won, I wouldn't mind. I'd be like, that's okay. I'm happy for her. I want. I'd be like, you go, Saoirse, you go. But. With Francis, because of everything in that movie, I just don't want to support the movie at all. So I personally don't need for and Francis McDormand already has an Oscar, in and so I don't need her to get another one. Sersha, you go ahead and take your Oscar, or Sally, please take it. Please give it to Sally, please. She hasn't even if even if whoever wins. It cannot be over. It cannot be stated enough that she has not been getting as much recognition as she should be for the, her performance in *The Shape of Water*. *The Shape of Water*, the movie has been getting recognition, but her performance in it has not been getting enough, and she I, definitely deserves it. I agree with that. She is nominated for best actress, but I agree with that. Yes. She hasn't won enough things. There's one incredibly powerhouse scene where she's uh, like signing to Richard, Richard Jenkins yeah. in like the hallway. She's so stunning in that scene. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, I'd love Sally Hawkins to win. I'm really rooting for Saoirse Ronan. I think she's uh, absolutely incredible performance in Lady Bird. That's my performance of the year, her and Timothy. Um, I'm, Francis' performance is great. I agree the movie's a little bit tainted because of that, but um, it's I don't know. It's tough to be locked out of every category from the most exciting choice. And, and as you said, Saoirse's uh, Sir, third nomination, she is very young, though. She, she'll have a lot of chances. Yeah. But- and she's she's like been... Since Atonement, Sersha has been working. So I, like, I'm not worried about Sersha's career. Like, she, if anything, she's had a more successful career than so many actresses have, like, in their 30s. So yeah. she's fine. Yeah, it's like, this isn't, it's not the same thing as Gary Oldman, where this would be a career Oscar yeah. for Francis. She's won before. Like, Sersha's the one who's, this is her third nomination and hasn't won. But yeah. she, she's also extremely young, so. The third um, nomination. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do think she's even better in this movie than uh, Brooklyn. Uh, oh, yeah. Like. Hands down. No, I mean, I love Brooklyn. I love her in that movie. But this is she, she's so good in Labor. Anyway, all of these really strong performances. Um, actor in a sporting role. Uh, the favorite here is Sam Rockwell for <laughs> Three Billboards in that problematic role that we talked about. Uh, f- for most of the... The precursor process, Willem Dafoe for Florida Project was favored. He'd won more critical awards, but Sam Rockwell's won a lot of these precursors. Also, Woody Harrelson, Richard Jenkins, and Christopher Plummer. Uh, that's my least favorite nomination of the year, Christopher Plummer, for <laughs> All the Money in the World. Stupid. Uh, Ten days of shooting. They did it just because of that. I don't think they're really commenting on the performance. Um, uh, I, who are you rooting for here? I This is like a really tough category because I want William Defoe to win because he it's the only award that the Florida Project may have slightly a chance of winning. But Richard Jenkins was incredible in The Shape of Water as well. So it's a it's a hard it's a hard one 
But yeah. I well, well, Richard Jenkins isn't winning, so you can put all your sports. Uh, I want William Defoe to win so badly. Yeah. I, yeah, heavily, I heavily rooting for William Defoe here. He's really good in Florida Project. Um, I also think the uh, two lead female performances were incredible and should have been nominated too, um, including mm-hmm. Seven Year Old Girl. Yeah, uh, Flint lead, Prince. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but William Defoe is really great there, and uh, rooting for him to be that role. The role is really problematic, but Sam Rockwell is really good in that movie, and also he's just an incredible actor. I would argue uh, he isn't supporting though. I would put him as lead. Along I, with I, Francis I, I agree with that. It's unfair to compare him to. To these other performances, like William Defoe is is a solid supporting character. Yeah. That is like that is the best supporting character. The fact that 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 Sam Rockwell is is in supporting makes no sense. Yeah, he's it's uh I, the, the bigger problems with this uh, supporting versus main designation. We've had this a lot. Yeah. But. Uh, it is. He is more to chew on there. Um, actress in a supporting role. Um, Allison Janney has moved into the favorite spot for Itania. Yeah. But uh, this is the closest of these categories because Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird yeah. could also win. Um, Mary J. Blige, Octavia Spencer, and Leslie Manville surprise nomination for Phantom Thread also also nominated. Who do you like here? I mean, this is hard. It's really hard because Allison Janney was so funny. In Itania, like the moments with her character are just some of the best. Like she's a great supporting character in this. Like I adored her performance, but you know, I I don't know. Like I, it's Lady Bird's mom. You can't not give it to her because she was incredible in this too. And then Mary J. Blige. Can we talk about Mary J. Blige's <laughs> performance? Because it is again, she it's a character that doesn't say a lot. But when she speaks, it matters. And she's so powerful in this performance. And just, she's not 100% expressive. But, you know, it's it, I was in a similar situation. I was like, okay, the mom in Ladybird or the mother in Mudbound. And it's just like, it's two different situations. You have this super, this character who's carrying the weight of her family on her shoulder. She is the matriarch. And you have this character who shows the honest depictions of, uh, of a mother, mother-daughter relationship in the present that doesn't have so much weight on her shoulders. It's much more micro than it is macro, but at the same time, it's still really great. And so it's, it's, it's so hard to compare. These, these, these characters are so different. It's so hard to compare them. Oh man, I don't yeah. know. Okay, okay, that's that's good. Um, by the way, uh, for Mudbound, Mary J. Blige was great. Also, one of uh, not talked about at all her uh, her son for either yes. supporting or like that was the, that's was the standout performance yeah. in the movie to me. Um, anyway, this category is the most upsetting to me because uh, <laughs> I, I here's the thing: I love Allison Janney, a big West Wing fan. Uh, I've loved her since West Wing. She's great, and I think that's why she's winning. Is everyone loves her, and I agree with that. Uh, but to me, I don't, and granted, I don't really like Itania, so that's biasing me, but, uh, Lloyd Metcalf is by far the standout supporting performance, um, and I don't understand how she's not winning. Allison Janney, it's a small role, and, um, she does what she can with it, but that, Lloyd Metcalf is everything in that movie, and, yeah. uh, I don't, don't get this one. It's, she's more important. She's definitely more, like, she does so much more for that movie than Allison Janney does for Itania. She's really, really good, really rooting for her. And this is the closest, I guess, of the four. So, 
Um, and then director, we think Guillermo del Toro is winning. That seems yeah. pretty pretty locked in. Um, so uh, I don't know why, but on his Twitter, it like I feel like he knows too because he keeps going like, "Thank you so much for this." Like he for the nomination, he's like giving a little speech as if it's like preparation for the actual award. And he's I'm like, just, he's just he's, he's so excited. Now, I'm so happy yeah. for him. Like I, yeah, I love it's, it's it, very, but I, it's, it's very really exciting. Funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, animated movie Coco is winning. So yeah. we'll ma- maybe it's we'll have a second podcast on that, but it's winning. Okay, Beatrice, uh, final Oscar thoughts here. Well, really, it's the more I actually religiously follow the award season and make an effort, especially these past couple years, I've really made an effort to watch all these movies. The more I realize that my opinion is so superior to the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm right. Um, I my the films I love are the best films, and the Oscars doesn't always get them right. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not, but yes. Uh, and it's really funny because when I I I went for my undergrad, I went to USC, which is really famous for its film school. And there was this class where I had it with some um, uh, film students. And I remember during the Oscar, during the Oscars, I like season, I remember asking this one girl, I was like, so what do you, who do you think is going to win for the Oscars? And then she just turns to me. She gives me this look and goes, the Oscars ne- like don't matter. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> I was like, all right, <laughs> that's a hot take right there. And it's just kind of like, it's it's a reminder that yes, the films and in, in that, that are nominated for these these awards, they're they are special, um, but there are just as many special films that don't get nominated, and don't get recognition, and people need to we need to find a way to get those films also known in the in the in the culture that is in the dialogue that is our culture. We need to also make sure that those films don't get forgotten because there's so many. But yeah. That's that's the value to me of the Oscars is talking about the best movies of the year. Like whatever it's an award show, I get it, but uh, for the most part, the Oscars are pretty good at nominating a lot of the best movies of the year, and it gets them talked about, and we watch them. And that that's the that's the value. Yeah. And uh, I think for the most part this year, they got a lot of things right. Um, missing the Florida Project really inexcusable, but uh, other than that, and Mudbound, uh, you know, it's these these are really good movies. It was. I, I make a effort to watch all the Oscar nominees every year, and uh, it's it's I think it's worthwhile because um, if you force yourself to watch all the best picture nominations, you're watching a lot of best films. That you you get to see a lot of great media, and uh, I'd recommend this for uh, yeah. for other people as well. Um, uh, there you go. Let us know <laughs> which films you agreed with, uh, what you didn't agree with our opinions on, and also let us know what you let, think of this as an off-topic podcast because very different from our normal podcasts and. Uh, We'd uh, love to know what you'd like to see more of us discuss off topic from animation and uh, any potential suggestions as well. Uh, And uh, yeah, find all that at overlyanimated.com. Search for Overly Animated on iTunes. Uh, Subscribe there if you want to check out our our typical animation content. Uh, Consider supporting us via Patreon, patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thank you very much to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Alex, a.k.a. Esteban Universidad. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if Alex will listen to the end of this podcast. We'll see. If he comments, then we know he made it. And uh, <laughs> thanks as always to patron executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Andy, and Hugh. Um, thank you, Beatrice. This was a lot of fun. You did a great job. Um, we, we made it through an hour and a half <laughs> giant movie podcast. Let's see if people even listen to this or like it. But thank you guys. If you listen to the end, comment, tell us. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.